What the hell? What the hell? What the hell is up? What the? Hi, my name is Claire and I'm here to chat with artists, creators, and inspired folks about passion and their visions for success on an earth that's melting. We'll talk about identity, creativity, community, and how art can cultivate healing and change. Along the way, you'll hear music from rising indie artists. I believe the art is meant to connect us. When we listen, respond, and create, we connect and have the power to make change, even while living on this chaotic earth. So what the hell is up with you? Hello, stars. What the hell is up? Today, I'm recording a solo podcast episode. I'm really excited because I'm recording on a whim of inspired energy that came through while I've been spending an introverted night in on a Friday. Um, and I'm also really excited because I'm. this is the first time I'm recording something through my new microphone, which is a Shure SM7B. I've been waiting on using this mic for a couple of years now, and I finally found it on Facebook Marketplace. So I got my new microphone plugged in to my Bluetooth and my Focusrite audio interface. Um, I am still a sound noob, so um, yeah, I'm not a super technical galley. <laughs> I'm not a super technical girly, but um, you learn step by step. And I still do a lot of Googling and YouTube tutorial watching on how to figure out sound, um, which channels do I choose, which inputs do I choose. I put up curtains in my studio 30 minutes ago with duct tape, and I'm using a giant stuffed teddy bear to reduce echo and to absorb some of the sound bouncing around this podcast space. So seriously, I don't know. I just feel like everyone should know that there's no perfect way to do anything and if it seems shabby, sometimes that's how you start. That's how I started. <laughs> uh, so yes, but today I'm, I'm just gonna hop on here and have a little chit chat. Valentine's Day is coming up on Tuesday and my sister Cal, who designed my beautiful podcast logo and the visual for my Rooted season three, she told me that I should record more unscripted episodes. And I really love her and trust her opinions. And I also really admire her taste. Um, yeah, she does like some suspiciously uh, unscripted YouTube vlogs, <laughs> but um, to each their own. She has amazing taste in other ways, so I just, I don't know. I think that it, is, it would be fun to be more comfortable speaking off the cuff on the podcast saying what the hell is up really what the hell is up in my head off of paper 
because I used to really enjoy doing that. And the whole point of this is for me to enjoy it. And it's not supposed to be something so curated. Um, but it is. So it's, yeah, that's the balance. <laughs> but also, I'm finally feeling like excited about like constructing this podcast studio again. And, oh, there's that extension cord. Okay, I was looking for that, and now I see it hanging on my chair. Um, sometimes when you have a project or you're trying to get into something, like, it does take that initial, like, disciplined input to actually get to the fun part. And I think I've, like, I have done a lot of that with the podcast, but lately it's been harder to get over the hump of, like, motivation to, like, get stuff going with it. But at the same time, like, I am getting stuff going with it. And sometimes I think you have to just go with those creative whims and be in your feelings. Otherwise, because, look, this pursuit is not about any particular gain for me other than creative fulfillment, connection, and hopefully inspiring you that you are a star, you are shining, bright and we can be stars together in this creative constellation that somehow you and I have been able to connect in. But like I said, Valentine's Day is coming up, so of course we're all thinking about love and I'm thinking about how today I was going to go to couple of stores to get some really cute gifts to send to my family members for Valentine's Day and I didn't do that. I was super tired and lazy today. So I did do my laundry um, because in my first two years of nursing, one of the CNAs I used to work with, she helped me get on a laundry schedule. Um, we all need those work moms who check in on you and make sure you're taking care of yourself. She was one of those. Shout out to Dorothy. I love you and miss you. <laughs> uh, but she told me, Claire, I know you like to do a lot of stuff. You need to do your laundry after your shifts are over because otherwise you're not going to have any clean clothes, which sounds really freaking obvious, but it was so helpful. And so now I'm in the habit after my series of work my work shifts I try to like dedicate that next day to laundry yoga sweeping up my apartment and cleaning up my cat's shit and doing the dishes left in the sink that I haven't done in the last four days and just like really resetting like my space and also my heart and trying to like really be disciplined about that practice feels really loving to me because it helps me rest and helps me feel good about doing something fun um, the next day. So, um, yeah. And plus like, I feel like those kinds of like cleaning days can be productive, but in a restful way. So, yeah, that's what I did today, and I also went on a date last night, so um, I was feeling a little tired after that. <laughs> so 
So I also like rested on the couch. A couple of new friends who I've made here invited me to go out to a really cute event at some bar over in Silver Lake. It was like called Valentine's Futch Party. I don't even know what that meant. I didn't really look into it too much, but it reminded me of that like femme butch scale online about like where are you in the spectrum of like gayness and lesbianism. If you haven't heard of this, like please Google it because it's really ridiculous, but it's going from the end of like femme to butch and somewhere in between there, there's futch and like chapstick femme and a bunch of other designators that some queer on Tumblr constructed because we need to hyper-identify each and every aspect of ourselves at all times. But anywho, I wanted to go out with them, but I was just feeling really sleepy and tired, and I was thinking, like, okay, if I'm already tired at 7 and I haven't, like really gotten much sleep the previous night. I don't know. I don't really feel like going out drinking. I do really want to see those gals, but better stay in. So I stayed in and I watched a really ridiculous show, but it's it's a Mexican show. So in Spanish, it's called, okay, in Spanish. So it's called Daughter from Another Mother um, or Madre Solo Hay Dos. And <laughs> it's like really, um, it's really absurd. It's a drama and I'm totally sucked into it. So I watched some of that and then I made some chocolate chip cookies. I made a really good dinner. Um, talked to my best friend, talked to my mom. Yeah, and I just had a really relaxing day. And then I felt inspired to come in here and record, uh, which is good because I do have a podcast guest feature coming up in a few weeks, so I need to work out the kinks of all this new recording contraptions <laughs> before I get there. But um, since I'm here just to chat about an update like the non-front-facing podcaster that I am. I know so many people are like, Claire, you should have video content. I know I should have video content. I know. But I don't really quite have time yet. I'm going to make time soon. But the other problem, you guys, is that video content does not... I don't have the capacity for that on my current computer. And I... I don't like I don't I don't I don't like buying a ton of equipment when I'm not sure about something yet. And I don't know where exactly that comes from. Part of it I thought was scarcity mindset, but I think the other part of it is just like a real bent towards sustainability, and I really don't like buying things new because I just think about it going to waste. And so I'm very meticulous about my purchases, and I don't want to like jump into having consistent video content until I feel really ready for that. 
And I also just feel like doing things when you feel ready for them creatively is underrated. Because, yeah, you can push yourself to do something outside of your comfort zone, but if something doesn't quite feel right, sometimes there's a reason for that. And it's okay to, like, lean that way. Anywho's, Claire's soapbox. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so this week I, on Sunday night, let's start with Sunday. I'm going to take you through what the hell is up with my week. I can't believe it's already February 10th. Today's my grandmother's 89th birthday. Happy birthday, Grandma Johnson. I love you. Shout out. I did call her, but she didn't answer. Um, and I also sent her a birthday card. But don't forget to call your grandmothers. They really appreciate it. Seriously. Call them. Or send them a letter. But yeah, on Sunday, I had two gals over for dinner who I met, um, and I was excited because I love cooking for people, and we all seemed to really click. I made this really yummy roasted vegetable dish from the New York Times cooking website, which I subscribe to. Um, I feel like... I'm in my late 20s now that I've subscribed to that. <laughs> and, uh, and because I do the New York Times crossword puzzle every morning. But it turned out so good. And it was so nice to have people in my apartment for dinner because I hadn't done that yet. And it's just so much more cozy to do that than to go out to a restaurant. So I really enjoyed having them over. And it kind of got me in the right, hopeful headspace for a work week. On Monday, I had a day that was like one of my best days so far at work. And by best, I mean I didn't cry once. And I took two breaks. So I remember that day after work, I called my mom and I was so excited to have a positive update for her. I said, Mom... I made two friends, and I had a good day at work because I didn't cry. And I started telling her about how one of my new friends recently got out of a relationship, and she was, I was explaining how, like, I think because of that, like, I just sense that, like, she has some space in her life for new friends. Um, which, like, we all, well, not everyone has space in their life for new friends, actually. Like, that's just... That's just the facts. But some people do. And I think she probably would have regardless, but I don't know. I mentioned it. And if you're listening, dear, I hope I'm not making assumptions there. <laughs> but um, yeah, of course, my mother's follow-up question was, well, was she dating a guy or a girl? And I was like, mom, what the hell? What does that matter? And I didn't even tell her. I just kept on going. But, um, yeah, you know that she was dating a girl. Like, this is a gay podcast. <laughs> and speaking of gayness, in addition to giving you a update about my week, I also want to, um, I want to get your opinion on something 
And I'd love to hear your answers to some of this, like just questions that I'm having. And if I deserve to be canceled, like, can you let me know? Because I told my best friend today that I went to Chick-fil-A. Not just once, but twice. I went to Chick-fil-A twice in the past, uh, like, three weeks. Which is kind of, a, a, like, a high number for me with fast food in general. Because I don't usually seek out fast food. But, of course, the mix of being, like, a little lonely and sad sometimes. And... Uh, just not preparing well with meals, it sometimes leads you to, to fast food. And I'm not, sorry, I'm not shaming fast food. Like, it's mostly because I'm a vegetarian, and so there's seldom good options for me in those, those, uh, those establishments. But Chick-fil-A, unfortunately, has excellent milkshakes and excellent salads, which I don't usually get. But I had gone to a show at this venue called The Gold Digger, and I saw um, Death Valley Girls and Skating Polly. Both were really good. Skating Polly actually, I think, was my favorite out of the two of those. But after I went to Chick-fil-A, and also I was feeling a little sketched out by the neighborhood I was in, I went alone and realized maybe I shouldn't have gone alone. Um... Anywho, so I was, I was telling her that I went to Chick-fil-A and I was, she was like, Claire, <laughs> they support conversion therapy. And I was like, I know I've heard that. Well, okay. I didn't know that specifically, but I know that they're not a good company. Like I know they're homophobic. I know they're owned by conservative Christians. That's why they're closed on Sundays. But I also feel like there are probably other fast food joints I don't know about which are also owned by conservative Christians who are funding policies that I don't agree with, but they're not getting as much notoriety as Chick-fil-A. Like, that's kind of what my intuition is telling me here. And she's like, I have a couple of places that I do not go to to give myself a good conscience, and that includes Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A. So I started looking into it, and I still have a bit more research to do, but, like, I was Googling about, like, why exactly was Chick-fil-A canceled? Like, which places, what exactly was being supported? Like, how, how does a business support conversion therapy? Like, is it the propaganda of, like, sending kids to conversion therapy is it like supporting those like counselors? Like, how does that work? And so I started looking into it and I found out that like the main organizations that they were being criticized for supporting was Salvation Army, which, okay, we've already heard that Salvation Army is a fucked up organization. Do you still donate when you see them with the bell? Probably, because otherwise you look like an asshole. Also, I did that as a kid. I rang the bell. But the other one they support is Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And Fellowship of Christian Athletes was 
A club is a club. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a nationwide organization of like students who are athletes and who are Christians. At one point in my life, I was both of those. I was a Christian and I was an athlete. Sort of. I was hardly an athlete, but Fellowship of Christian Athletes was my high school's Christian club, which I was an adamant member of. Sometimes I wonder if anybody from high school listens to this podcast. Because, I mean, I was an evangelical Christian girly. And I was like, I was trying to spread the gospel. Like, low-key and high-key, I was. There's more to be said about that. But I was like a strong supporter of Fellowship of Christian Athletes in my high school days. I went to Fellowship of Christian Athletes camp and I did swimming, even though swimming was not my, my sport. I was a dancer and an artist person. But swimming was the closest thing that I could think of because I had been on swim team when I was a little kid and I lived on a lake, so I was really good at swimming. But then I was actually really good at swimming when I was at the camp and I improved a lot in the course of like five days And my coach was like, you're really good at this. You really should pursue swimming. Which I feel like is something, okay, hair flip. But I feel like that's something I've received in a lot of different areas in my life. Um, Which is partially because I just am so curious. I love to try things and I like to be good at stuff. But sometimes it's kind of annoying. Because if I had just sucked, maybe I would have left the camp. And I wouldn't have been a part of this organization that is as homophobic as it truly is. But I also went to a homophobic university. So, (sighs) I don't know. I know multiple gay people who were part of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes with me. And I feel like, I hope that most gay people who have grown up in Christian environments eventually find out that spirituality and being gay are not mutually exclusive and belief in God is not oppositional to being gay. But FCA's version of Christianity is oppositional to being gay. I didn't know that at the time. I didn't know I was gay at the time. I did know that I was definitely attracted to one of the camp leaders, though. And she was definitely a dyke. She, oh my god, her name was Shauna. I can't believe I remember that. But she was so enthusiastic, and she had this, like, spiky, spiky hair, and she wore tank tops, and, like, she wore, like, sweatshorts, and I think she was a tennis player. Like, there were just multiple things. Maybe it was softball. I don't know. There were multiple things going on. And she was telling us in her testimony about, I think she was telling us about some story of infidelity with her husband. And I feel like in the back of my mind, I'm just like, sis, this was your out. This was totally your out. Anywho's. So, okay, that's the first reason why I should be canceled. The second reason was because... Oh, yeah. So 
next thing I'm seeking input on. Bestie and I were talking about Taylor Swift. And if you've been paying attention to queer media, which I don't always pay attention to queer media. Um, I'm getting better at staying like on top of pop culture references because living in LA, I see a lot of billboards and the billboards help me to be aware of what's hip and what's popular. <laughs> so, but I did see lesbian Jesus herself, Haley Kiyoko, with Taylor Swift on Instagram. And I immediately DM'd Bestie and I said, okay, if this isn't her coming out, like if she didn't, if this isn't queer baiting, I don't know what is. Because <laughs> you've heard about the gayler conspiracies and the fan fiction going on about whether Taylor Swift is gay or not. I guess I haven't really given a shit because I did care about Taylor Swift and like I do... I like her a lot and I'm I'm happy that she's making music and I think she's pretty and I think she's cool. She put on a great concert. I love her little kitty cats. But I don't really feel like for me personally, her being out or not really impacts my acceptability or that of the other. And I think that's because she's a straight-sized femme white woman. I'm just kind of like, what space does she really need to be taking up as like a marginalized identity? That's part of it. And I know that's not really fair because that's kind of separate from her being gay. But I guess I just feel like there's other gay people whose stories like about being gay might just be a little bit more important than hers. So for her not to be, like, outing herself, I think feels, like, fine to me. So, but my bestie was just like, no, I think that her coming out is about representation. And if she comes out, like, look at all of the people who can see her. And right now, I feel like what she's doing is playing games, and she's totally queer baiting. But I was like, I don't know, though. I feel like she's being subtle. And I don't know what her record label, like, says about her being out or not, but I kind of appreciate that she is giving these subtle clues that she's not straight. And the people who get it, get it. And the people who don't, don't. And do we really care about the people who don't? No. Plus, I argued that her coming out as bisexual or a lesbian or queer would lead to the JoJo Siwafication of Taylor Swift, which I do not support. And again, the girls who get it, get it. And the girls who don't, don't. If you have questions about that, please let me know. But I don't want to see the seawaification of Taylor Swift. So I'm like, sis, if you're fucking your friends, I'm happy for you. Lavender haze, purple haze, like 
hanging with Hailey Kiyoko, who already has a hot girlfriend, and Fletcher, just do you. And fuck who you want to fuck. I feel like most people are anyways. So that's my two cents on that. But also, I mean, when I look back at my high school self, being in Fellowship of Christian Athletes, being closeted, I'm sure that having amazing role models of queerness would have helped me tremendously feel less alone and find community in a space that wasn't church. But also, I remember I was in a church group, and again, 75% of the people in that church group are now gay. Like, I don't know how that works, but I just feel like also when you're queer, inadvertently you find the people who get it. So, and we all have to go on a journey in some way to discover who it is that we are and what we are and having amazing, like, positive role models of people who claim their identity unabashedly is so helpful. And also, we end up going on that journey ourselves in some ways. I guess I'm still thinking it through, but that's where I'm at with that. Speaking of my love life, I know you were wondering. I'm currently wearing um, two different clothing garments, which are from exes, two separate exes. I'm not going to specify which is which, but (laughs) Um, I'm feeling comfy, actually. I'm feeling loved in my friendships, in my family, even though I'm here alone and, like, I've been pretty alone a lot. I think I'm just feeling very rooted within myself, so I'm feeling more trusting which feels really refreshing. And I think also, like, I've just been thinking about how love can express itself in some really curious ways. I tell my cat I love her, like, multiple times a day, out loud, because I think sometimes, like, since I have been spending a lot of time alone, it feels really nice to tell someone I love you out loud and to, like, say it like a spell and tell her. Of course, I tell my family members and my friends I love them over the phone, but telling someone in person is different. One of my dance teachers says I love you to all of her students, and she hugs us too. At first, it made me feel kind of like, wait, how do you love me? You don't even know me that well. But then I was like, but in this space, she loves me. Just like I love my patients in the space of taking care of them. My sisters and I, we have a group chat, and there's always, like, some kind of hot goss going on in that. (laughs) And I realize, like, sometimes even when there's quote-unquote drama going down, a lot of it also is about love and how to love each other better. I think when I think about Valentine's Day, I've always thought about, like, universal love. I've had very few, like, romantic Valentine's Days. I think I've had one 
that kind of sucked. But the other is like, I've always just thought about friendship and telling my family members that I love them. Because I think friendship and family like are, if you're not rooted in those before you love a romantic partner, I feel like you're going to miss out a little bit. That's my personal tea there. Not everybody has biological family that they are comfortable with, but some sort of something that feels like family to be rooted in is the best place to grow from into romance. Um, okay, so that was a huge tangent, but I was also going to mention that this week I got rejected for a job I had applied to. I was like randomly excited about potentially working in pediatrics at the university hospital here, but I didn't get it and I'm sort of ready to concretize being grateful where I am and like feeling like I'm doing enough in the place where I'm working. So, um, and also like getting more rooted with coworkers. I'm still working in a challenging hospital, but um, I feel like I am making a difference some days. And I think that is enough for me right now. But there were quite a lot of tears shed regardless. So on Wednesday afternoon, I had worked only eight hours that day. I went on a bike ride and I picked up a new pair of spectacles, which I had to pay out of pocket because I haven't had health insurance. And I, they're super cute, by the way, completely worth it. I started talking with my sister and we were just like shooting the ship. And she talked me into getting bubble tea. So I went to one of the bubble tea places in Culver City and I got a taro tea with boba and the cheese foam. It was really yummy. <laughs> but before I ordered it, I almost ordered something else called a tubby nugget. And the whole establishment, they had like a mascot called Tubby Nugget. And he was like a really cute brown character that was like a boba. And <laughs> I asked the guy like, what's in the tubby nugget? But then I couldn't get it because they were all out of the ube and the cheesecake foam or creme brulee foam. But I think someday I'm going to go back and get the tubby nugget. Mainly because it's just a really ridiculous name. So those were kind of the highlights of my week. And I wanted to share them with you. Because, dear star, I like talking to you and I appreciate when you listen to me. So, and I'm also just so excited about this microphone. I, I feel like a bad bitch. And it's a really good feeling. <laughs> but I think it's going to be helpful for further storytelling. So despite the fact that I did say this episode would be more off the cuff, and I've already been recording for 35 fucking minutes, I don't know how I talked that much, um, I wrote something about love that I wanted to share. I actually wrote this at that bar that I had mentioned earlier 
before I got Chick-fil-A. Love is the most important experience we have on earth. Love in a multitude of forms, though. Love is not confined to a singular exchange or a perfect interaction. My dance teacher says I love you to students before they leave, and I was touched by her open heart to share love with her students. Sometimes I trick myself into believing that love means complete understanding. But I really think it's more in the effort and the trying. I wouldn't even attempt to understand if I didn't love you. That's why I think the greatest act of love is curiosity. If you're curious about something, you've given it enough attention and care to be curious and to express that curiosity through inquiring. And you have to be willing to be curious about yourself too. Because if you are curious about the other and are provoked to question something, you will inevitably learn something about yourself or your own life, which could be scary if you aren't prepared to face yourself and your own self-concept. Because if you are truly listening, you are forced to learn something about yourself or the world. Sometimes love can even be expressed in silence. Because silence seems to communicate respect or a genuine acknowledgement that I don't know what to say or ask to, be, to begin to understand an experience so different than my own. And that can be genuine. I'm trying to offer silence more often. Love can be expressed in time spent together, but other times it may be expressed in distance. Sometimes my space from you may be loving if I need to think through something or understand myself or the situation better before being present or speaking. I'll never forget the young woman I took care of in Seattle who was dying of breast cancer at the age of 39 years old. She was in pain. She had a cousin sometimes with her at the bedside, but she'd never married or had children. She wore fuzzy socks on her small feet and was frustrated every time we, she had to press the call button to ask for assistance getting to the commode. Sometimes she did get really upset. Don't rush me she said while moving in pain, as I held her hips and the back of her gown closed. I think the cancer had metastasized to her brain, so I held no ill feeling regarding her labile mood. At that time, though, I believe I was working nights and only had five patients, so I was able to care for myself enough to have patience and cultivate understanding. I didn't realize that the time it takes to process grief is a luxury not all are afforded. This is what she said to me one night while we were talking about our mutual love of butterflies. I think that I went through this so that I could experience real love. I never experienced that kind of genuine love like I have from you all. She had never experienced genuine love as care, which I think most of us think of first when we think about what love means. I did feel like offering love to those who had never received it in the, in the form of care, was part of my duty as a nurse. A somewhat unfinished sentiment on love and care. I do hope that it meant something for you, and I thank you for receiving it. I'm also really excited to share about the song that I'm featuring in today's episode. It's called Our Love Will Still Be There by Weird Nightmare. It's a current release from Sub Pop Records in Seattle.
perfect song to feature here. And lastly, I don't remember if I mentioned already, but I now have a podcast website. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. My podcast intro music is by Afterspace, whose beats you can find on SoundCloud. My podcast rooted music is by Matthew Borner. My podcast logo is by Callan Moore. And this podcast is recorded, edited, and mixed by me. Thank you so much for listening, stars. Have an amazing, loving week. Bye.